Hello, and welcome to Point of View, where we give students a place to listen, learn, and lean in. I'm your host, Caleb Smith, and today I'm very excited to be here with our principal, Mr. Downey, to ask students submitted questions. As our first question, what was the hardest thing about being a principal during COVID-19? Wow, so Caleb, first, thanks for having me on board here. I'm excited to uh, have a conversation with you and everybody else. Uh, the hardest thing for COVID-19 is really two parts to that, to that answer. One is that uh, the students weren't physically in the building. And when you're not physically here, it's so hard to develop relationships with kids. Uh, and, and really, that is the, the, the best part of my job, uh, is working with the kids every day, kind of like we are now. Uh, the second part is that so much of what we have been dealing with is outside of my control. So, you know, we have to make decisions and we have to carry out decisions that others make uh, based on information that we just don't have control over. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So oftentimes uh, it, it's just very frustrating um, for everybody involved. And I end up having to make some decisions that I know impact people differently. Um, and yeah. there's really just no good answer or right answer through all of this. So uh, it certainly has been hard. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. All right. For the second question, in terms of future years after the pandemic has ceased enough for a new normal of learning, what future changes will the school be adding, if any, to be prepared in case this ever happens again? Well, certainly the, the biggest learning piece that we had is that we can actually still, in some manner, shape, or form, carry on with teaching and learning in a remote setting. Yeah. Uh, it certainly uh, isn't perfect yet. I don't know if we'll ever get to perfect, but we can certainly do enough to maintain the learning. Um, I think the changes that we're looking for in the future is really going to be centered around the learning platform that we use it, uh, going forward. Right now, we've been leveraging Microsoft Teams. Whether or not that continues beyond this year, um, I don't know yet. Um, but that is something that we certainly have learned to master uh, and to take advantage of. So even now, when we have kids that are out and that are sick, they should still be able to access their learning without physically being yeah. in the building. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. And um, as we're getting into uh, the school and the students, what inspired the idea of Titan Time? Really, the, the I mean, there were a lot of factors that went into that uh, decision. Um, we wholly understand that our student experience is a difficult one. You know, it, we, we really challenge our students academically, uh, but there's more to, to school than academics. You know, we really have to look out for the whole child. You know, we, we have talked about building relationships. We've talked about the social, emotional well-being of our kids, uh, and those things have to be taken care of in order for our kids to be successful academically. So coming out of this pandemic, we've known that we have to address a lot of issues. We have to address the mental health concerns of our kids. Uh, we have to find ways to 
build relationships with our kids beyond just a, the typical teacher-student interaction. Um, we have to have time to deliver lessons around these things, and that's where the student success skills come into play. Um, and we also want to have time built into to the day to support our kids. You know, if a kid is struggling, it, one of the factors that we all struggle with is just time. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just hard. You know, our, our teachers are busy, our kids are busy. So we were very intentional and in just trying to carve out a little bit of time during the school day to allow for those relationships, to allow time to deliver some focused lessons, to allow time for interventions and supports to, to kick in, uh, and just time to take a breath during the day. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think the biggest thing during COVID-19 and the pandemic at its peak was students being in isolation and alone. And I think taking that time for Titan time especially and giving students a place where they can actually feel things and actually learn a lot more is very, very amazing. And I very, I'm very grateful that you guys incorporated that this year. Thank you. Um, speaking about students in our um, clubs this year, we have an environmental club and they're very, very passionate about composting and are wondering what would they do to go about getting a change in Northview and any other students passionate about anything else, mm -hmm. how would they come to you about any ideas that they have that they're passionate about? Well, that's, you know, it, it, you use some of my favorite words there. Be, being passionate is one of them. You know, one of the, one of our goals here at Northview is that, you know, is to help our students find their passion and then to act on it and to use their voice to, to affect change, uh, whether that's at a local level or on a more global level. Um, so in a case like the environmental club, you know, they <clears throat> want to tackle uh, this idea of uh, being more responsible in, in our community and, and our planet. And uh, the one piece that we, we want to focus on, or they want to focus on, is the idea about composting and reusing and recycling. Um, so I would encourage them or any other club, uh, you know, to come on into my office at any time. You know, it, I, literally the door is open for a reason. Uh, that, that's to signify that, hey, I'm available. Come on in um, to come talk about their ideas. And that's my job to help guide them through that process and to help remove some obstacles so they can tackle their goals and accomplish their goals. So in this case, that, that composting idea, I mean, that's a significant change in practice uh, in our building. So there's a lot of things that are going to have to go into that. Uh, yeah, so, so it's really my job to help guide them through that, to mm -hmm. give them the lookout fors, uh, provide some guardrails around their decision making, put them in touch with the right people uh, to see if we can get that to go forward. Absolutely. All right. Speaking on a lighter note, <laughs> what school event did you miss most during the fully virtual school year of 2020 to 2021? Wow. You know, that's... There's so much that goes into that question. Yeah. You know, to, to narrow it down to one is pretty hard. Uh, but probably, you know, it's, well, let me just flip it, flip the question a little bit. Yeah. Every year, right. the, the one event that is the highlight on my calendar is International Night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because it's such a special night for our kids and our community to really showcase their cultures and their experiences um, and to showcase their talents. I think that one event just so represents everything that is so great about Northview High School um, that to not have that 
certainly left a big empty place in my heart and an empty place in our building uh, last year. Um, so I'm looking forward to that night this year. Yeah. I, I think it truly represents the diversity we have at Northview and a lot of the students and where the backgrounds that they come from in the culture. So I really enjoy International Night of everybody coming together. It almost feels um, just like a very good group of people kind of going along with each other. Yeah, and, and, and if, you, if you ever get a chance to see the second show that night, the B show, it is just wild. The, the energy <laughs> yeah. that's in that room uh, is just incredible and it's yeah. so much fun. So, so. much fun. All right. Um, for a more serious question with our students, does the most does the amount of people in the cafeteria without masks worry you about the future risks that we're taking with COVID still going on? Uh, absolutely, yes. You know, the, the it, COVID is still a thing, and it's still yeah. a huge concern, and uh, everything about it is still a worry. Um, you know, just having 30 kids in a classroom is a worry. You know, right now we have two lunches, so that's about, you know, 800, 900 kids at a time that aren't necessarily in the cafeteria because we can spread out some other spaces. But nonetheless, you know, it's, we have a lot of kids in the cafeteria. It's a full cafeteria. And obviously during lunch, you know, masks are off um, so people can eat. So, yeah, it, it, it's a worry. Um, we have been very fortunate so far that in our building, uh, the, the cases that are involving students and staff have been relatively minimal, um, especially in comparison to some other schools. Um, so it, it's always a worry, you know, and, and we have some decision-making matrices to help us uh, that if things get worse, uh, we do have a plan to go to four lunches and actually, you know, cut that number in half uh, mm-hmm. that's in the cafeteria at any one time. Um, we, we just haven't reached that point yet. Okay. So it, it's a worry. Yeah, It's something we're keeping an eye on, um, but we're, we seem to be ha- handling it well so far. Yeah. I just think students, they should be very, I think they should, I think they're very, relatively safe in terms of that, but I feel like, um, and sometimes we can get kind of carried away, but I think the guidelines that you guys are going to be putting in. So. Yeah, you know, it's it's just natural, you know, it, a couple of things. One, our student body is very responsible. If you stand yeah. in our halls during passing time, 99.99% of our kids are doing the right thing yeah, all the time. Absolutely. And that includes COVID-related stuff. Um, and at lunch, you know, when the mask comes off, it, it, it's just a natural thing for a kid to get up and move around and talk and forget to put it back on. Um, so those are just things that we have to keep an eye on and uh, just politely remind everybody. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of the lunch and everything like that, um, were, why were the social studies classes moved to be lunch? Because considering COVID, they were, con- they were asking that wouldn't it be safer if the class was, uh, the lunch was smaller? Uh, our, our lunches are actually pretty evenly divided. Okay. Um, so let me just correct that myth. Yeah. He, um, so social studies historically ate first lunch because historically most of their department was on the 100 side of the building yeah. but because of some things that have happened over the years most of their department is now on the 600 side of the yeah. building mm-hmm. so we, we try to keep the lunch divided by halves of the school yeah. so that we don't have kids uh, in the halls um, when classes are going on yeah so th- that's what led to that that okay. change but yeah. we, we've actually been able to balance the lunches fairly fairly evenly okay sounds good yeah all right 
And also about lunch, is there anything that we can do to improve the quality of our food, which fuels our students? <laughs> well, it, it's uh, that, that um, I, got, I got to tread lightly on this answer. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, the, the, the phrase quality of the food is subjective yeah. in nature. Because, um, you know, our, our cafeteria, um, the workers in there and, and the prep that goes in, they're actually up to, they meet and surpass every single guideline that is out there in terms of nutrition and quality. Um, so, like, it depends on the metric that we're going to yeah. use. Um, if, if the metric is the student's enjoyment of it, uh, that's just going to be a tough one. Yeah. Um, but, but I get it. You know, it's uh, it, the cafeteria and the food that goes into it is something that's outside of the principal's sphere of, of influence. I don't have direct oversight over yeah. that. Um, so that um, um, that's that's a hard hard one for yeah. me to answer. I, I, I get it. I but I, but I will I will say this: I, I often eat the cafeteria lunch, and I enjoy it. No, I have no problem. With that. That's <laughs> just uh, this is one of the questions we've received. So yep, fair enough. But um, all right. As we segue into this, what else will we have to occur for Northview to go back into remote learning? I know there was some. A uh, brief uh, little infographic that went into it talking about the cases, but what was your insight on that? Yeah, so the, the, the Fulton County just updated um, some metrics for us to keep an eye on, and it's always based around the Fulton County Board of Health epidemiology report and the number of, of sp the spread rate per 100,000 uh, of our population within each city. Um, so currently, the city of Johns Creek, we're right around 300 um, in, in terms of a spread rate. If it goes below 100, then we can talk about masks being optional again. Mm -hmm. um, if it goes above 500, there's a, there's, you know, we start talking about lunches changing and things like that. Uh, but it's not until it goes above 1,250 um, that we will then have to switch to full remote status. Okay. Um, so we're fortunate that we're a long ways away from that. Um, there are other schools in Fulton County that have met that and are indeed in, in a full remote status now. Wow, wow. Um, when I looked at the infographic, it said per 100,000. Is that considering the entire Fulton County? So No, so it, it's broken down by city. Okay. So it, Northview physically resides in the city of Johns Creek. Mm -hmm. So it's whatever the number is for the city of Johns Creek oh, that okay, will then okay. determine what happens at Northview High School. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Okay. If we go online, what will sports look like? Uh, they would um, they would continue, but the the change would be in the audience. Um, so I, I mentioned that matrix and the numbers that are in there. Um, we would, as we kind of increase those cases, we would reduce the audience by 50%, reduce it down to 30%. Yeah. And then ultimately, if we were in that full remote status, um, we would have our athletic events with no audience. Okay. Um, so that's what, you know, we're committed to running face-to-face -face classes as long, yeah. long as we can, but we're also committed to Hopefully. Um, that extra experience of athletics uh, um, as well. Yeah, I know this is uh, sports in general, is just something students really enjoy, whether mm -hmm. it's football, softball, volleyball, basketball, any of those. We really enjoy being in the audience and considering going back to remote learning and going 
with no audience, that would be truly sad because we didn't get to last year. That would year. be a sad day indeed, yes. Yeah, so we're hoping that we can stay where we are and kind of just get better from here and yep. not as worse. So to that, to that end, <laughs> mask up, get vaccinated, wash your hands, stay healthy, and let's rock and roll. Absolutely. Do you have anything you'd like the students to get back into the swing of or something you feel like will take time to get back into? You know, the, the, the worry that I had at the start of the year is that for most of our kids, 75% of our kids, they had not been in school, physically in school, for a year and a half. Yeah. So it was really about managing our own expectations as adults yeah. and having to reteach and remind students about the expectations of them as students. Mm -hmm. Um, it's so far been actually a much smoother, easier transition than I was worried about. So I'm happy to say that, um, you know, kids being kids are, are pretty resilient and can adapt pretty quickly. So just being back in school, I think everyone was pretty happy about, yeah. um, and we've managed the transition fairly well. Yeah. It's been great being back since it's been so long. Absolutely. I missed seeing you guys. Yeah. We, we miss you guys, man. <laughs> We've been talking a lot about things that have changed due to COVID, but what have you seen endure over the course of this pandemic? Um, you know, the, what I've seen the most of that, that just reinforces some of our beliefs is that at our foundation, relationships matter the most. Absolutely. You know, the, the academics will come but if we don't create an environment, whether it's via Teams or here face-to-face, -face, in which our kids feel supported and loved, then that learning is going to be hard. Yeah. And probably every kid who listens to, the, to this uh, podcast, they're going to remember a teacher, not because of the content that was taught, but they're going to remember the teacher because of their personality, how they interacted with the kids, because they cared about the kids, they loved the kids. Yes. Um, that's what you're going to remember, um, and that's what's uh, really at our foundation in order for us to achieve our success. So I saw that carry through the pandemic, mm -hmm. that a lot of our teachers were able to still connect with our kids and show that they, hey, we love you guys, we care about you, we're going to do everything we can to help you. Um, and vice versa, and our kids did the same. Yeah. So that's teachers uh, were amazing, especially being online. And, and our kids are too. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's, mm -hmm. it, it takes both. Yeah, right. It takes both. <laughs> kind of everything too. So, um, I know that we've created a new organization, if that's what you would call it, called Northview United. Mm -hmm. And we just wanted to ask you, what was the what is the role of Northview United this year? Really, it's it's to help guide and advise the school, and as the principal, me. Uh, in what we do and how we do it. You know, I just spoke to the fact that relationships are important. Well, every kid, and every kid means all 1,755 individuals, they have to know that they matter, that they're important, and that their voice matters. Yes. Uh, and Northview United has helped to guide and shift us to make sure that we take care of all those kids, yeah. um, that we don't marginalize a group, that we don't unintentionally or intentionally silence a group uh, of students. Mm -hmm. um, 
that we really have to be intentional to make sure that they have a voice, that we listen to that voice, and that we support that voice. Uh, and I think that's been the biggest um, advantage of, of creating that that, um, that group, that sort of advisory board that's helped to, to guide us and to give us feedback. Um, and it's just one of those things that we, especially the adults, we have to be intentional in what we look at. And the look at is mm-hmm. the impact of what we do and how we do it. Um, so often we do things, say things, teach things, highlight things, but we don't look at it from the le- from the other side, yeah, from the student's lens, to make sure that um, what we meant is indeed what was received. Yeah, and oftentimes it's not. And oftentimes, you know, we'll do something, say something, have a policy, teach a book, te- you know, do something in which, you know, a kid's sitting back saying, well, what about me? What, what about, you know, my culture? What, what about my experience? Mm-hmm. Um, that's not even addressed in anything we do here. So, you know, we, we want to make sure that we value all those different perspectives um, and, and support all of our kids. Absolutely. Considering the diversity we have in our school, Absolutely. This is, that's a really great program that you guys have started this year. And we also wanted to know, what does the program have planned for this year and the years to come? Well, so, the, yeah, that's, that's the million-dollar question is, you know, how do we carry this work forward? Um, right now, it's between last year and this year, it's really been focused on the per- professional development side of the adults mm-hmm. to bring these issues to the forefront so that we as adults can have conversations um, around these topics and around our students and all their different voices that they represent. So now we're trying to pivot to, all right, what actions are gonna come out of this now? What are we doing differently now? Um, so, so some actions that have come out of it that I'm proud to say, some are, are seemingly small, but they're, they're important. Um, it, homecoming's coming up. Well, the student council uh, under the uh, topic of North United said, you know what, we don't wanna have a, a homecoming king and queen. You know, it should be any student. Yeah. Why, do, why are we gonna identify them as a king or a queen? Uh, so now they're, now they're called just the homecoming titans. Yeah. <laughs> um, so to represent that, hey, anybody can yeah, be you know, a, a leader and be recognized here so in our that's building. Great. Um, and then some of it's deeper and, and more meaningful, um, all the way down to the texts that our students are reading to make sure that our kids, like if this is the state standard here that we're um, teaching, well, the vehicle we use doesn't have to be this one historical text. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let's, put, let's, let's put a variety out there um, that may speak to our individual kids, yeah. that our kids can relate to and say, hey, that's my story as well. That will then allow that kid to access that learning in a much more meaningful way. Um, so we're looking at changing up some of those things uh, so that we reach more kids. That's good, that's good. And we also wanted to know who is on the advisory board of Northview United? Um, it's parents, teachers, students, uh, an assistant principal and myself. This is a group of about 10 or 12 of us. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, sounds great. Is there a place where students can submit questions and concerns 
and how will those be addressed? Uh, certain, well, you know, that's a great question. You know, it's certainly anyone, and people do, um, there are, uh, my email is a public email. It's downyv yeah. at fultonschools.org. Um, I love it when students email me stuff uh, because, you know, going back to an earlier conversation about using their voice, being passionate, speaking up, I think that's wonderful. So I would encourage uh, them to email me at any time, um, but also just to stop me at any time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm in the cafeteria a lot. I'm in the halls a lot. The door's open here. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it when the kids come in especially if they're trying to make the place better, you know, especially if, if, if their goal is to bring something to light that we can be better at. Uh, yeah. I would encourage anyone to reach out to help <laughs> me out. Absolutely. And as we get into the end of this, do you have any closing comments for our audience? Closing comments. Well, first of all, uh, uh, Caleb and the team that's behind the, the mic that people can't hear, um, this is an awesome initiative you guys are taking on. So I commend you guys for stepping up into these roles and for trying to connect with our community a little more. Um, that's fantastic. So kudos to you guys. Thank you. Uh, and then beyond that, you know, uh, at the end of the day, my job as principal is to try to make this school in this community um, the best that it can for our students. Absolutely. But I need help doing that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I, you know, it, the, the principal is supposed to know everything, but quite frankly, the principal doesn't know everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, and I can only fix or make better what I know about. Um, oftentimes, I, I won't know about an issue, a concern, or something that's not right. Um, and then I'll get, get the complaint, and I'll say, wow, I wish I had known about that. I would have mm-hmm. done something sooner. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, my job is to remove those obstacles and to support our kids so that they can achieve everything that they want to achieve. So uh, keep talking, keep interacting, keep uh, supporting each other, keep loving each other. And uh, at the end of the day, we will all be successful if we can do that. Absolutely. So that was the end of our serious questions. We just got a couple more for you. All right. On the fun side. So get ready for this. All right. Thank you for that. And we appreciate it. All right. To our fun question. All right. What kind of student were you in high school? <laughs> wow. So we're going back a few years now, guys. You know, I'm turning 50 this year. So, we, you know, we're going back 30 plus years here. Um, you know, I, I was, you know, your A, B student. So I wasn't top of the class, um, uh, but I was a pretty good student. Uh, I, I was into athletics. I was a soccer player. Um, so I, I guess I, this stereotype would fit that jock uh, idea in some level. Um, but, you know, I, kind of I went to a school that was similar to Northview in the sense that the student body was in to school. Like we all loved school uh, and we were involved and, and did stuff and had fun with it. Um, so, you know, I, I, while I was not clearly not as smart as most of our students are here at Northview, um, I think I would fit that same profile of Northview, whereas I, I loved school, I was into school, I was involved in clubs, I was involved in athletics, uh, and just had some fun. Typical Northview student. <laughs> <laughs> just not as smart. <laughs> Love that you're being vulnerable there. there you uh, go. What was your favorite class in high school? Um, you know, uh, the, my favorite class was actually my, my senior year in high school. 
Um, we had a, a graduation requirement, and the class was called Family Living. And it, it fell into that PE health area, but it was a class that was designed to prepare you for life. Wow. And we tackled everything imaginable about life sort of outside the regular academics. Um, we talked about religion and all the different religions. We talked about uh, mental health and everything that went into that. Um, we talked about marriage and what that meant and what does that look like. Um, we talked uh, at length about sex education and everything and anything under that topic that would, would, would come into play. Um, and what made the class so um, fascinating and interesting and why it's so memorable um, is that in your senior year, you're actually mature enough to talk about these conversations. Uh, and, and, that's what, that's what, and that's what took place. I mean, we had very adult, mature conversations with, with our teacher um, that was about learning about all these topics. Um, you know, this is back in the 80s. So, for example, AIDS was still the, the, the pandemic at the time, and there was no cure. And it was primarily, uh, you know, associated with uh, a homosexual population, with, with drug users. So it was still kind of like a taboo. Well, one of our guest spe speakers was a gay man who ha was uh, HIV positive, who had AIDS. So like, that's how, like, on the cutting edge this class was. Um, so to have that speaker in to talk about like, the real-life experience was incredible. Um, we had a priest come in and talk about his experience. We had a rabbi come in and talk about their experience. We had, you know, all sorts of, um, you know, we, we had a pro-life person, a pro-choice person come in uh, to talk about abortion. Like, we just tackled everything, um, everything under the sun. Um, and it just armed me and my classmates with a, 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 such a great education about life um, beyond the traditional standards that by the time we went off to college, like we, we were the experts in our dorms. Like when you would hear all these myths and conversations that college kids have, and you'd be like, "Well, that's not right." <laughs> so uh, it, it, it was it was a great class. It had a great teacher. Um, so that, that was a really neat class. Sounds very very informative. Uh, I wish we still had that this year. I mean, in the recent well, we, years. It, it, and we don't we don't offer it here in New Jersey. Uh, sorry, I, I grew up in New Jersey. We don't offer it here in Georgia. Uh, the state of New Jersey does offer this class. Uh, oh, still to this yep, day. Yep, still to this day they have this class. So if I go back to my old high school, that they, they still teach that same class. And that's yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, in the future years, we might incorporate some of that because I feel like a lot of students would need that kind of guide into life. I feel like a lot of students feel like when they turn 18 and when they graduate high school, they're just let off into the world without knowing too much about it, especially if their parents haven't told them much about it. So. I feel like that's a great input that New Jersey is doing. If you remember, if you remember what was your senior quote? Um, it was, sometimes you kick, sometimes you get kicked, which was a quote from an In Excess song, which was, was one of my favorite bands back in the 80s. Um, and it was just kind of a, like, just roll with life a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes you kick, sometimes you get kicked, right? Sometimes you're on top, sometimes you're not. Um, you know, learning how to deal with those things yeah. and still move forward in a positive manner. Yeah. That, like, just because you get kicked, doesn't, doesn't you know, yeah. 
doesn't mean doesn't mean you quit, right? Yeah. Yeah. It means you get you get to get back up and keep keep after it. Um, so it was short and sweet. Sometimes you sometimes you kick, sometimes you get kicked. <laughs> what is your favorite sports team? Um, hey, you know I, I grew up my first eighteen years uh, in a suburb of Philadelphia, um, but then I spent twenty years in New England and fell in love with the Patriots. You know, yep. If you look at my desk, I still have some paraphernalia there. Um, so my high school buddies, who I'm still close with, would just be crushed if I don't say the Eagles. Um, but the the Patriots, you know, I started to become a fan of the Patriots in the early 90s when they were terrible. And I got to watch this whole transition happen um, living up in New England. It was And it was still just so much fun to see all that happen that I'm still a huge fan. You still support them in the deflation of the... Oh, there we go. We're going there. Um, yeah, I beg to differ on that on those facts, um, but yes, uh, Bill Belichick has my undying support. The Patriots do. Um, they're a great organization. Respect. respect. I respect. <laughs> what is the craziest hairstyle you've ever had? Dear God, I rocked the mullet in high school. I big time rocked that mullet. I, I was a soccer player, so I kind of embraced that soccer persona yeah. at the time which was, you know, having really long hair. Um, and I, I owned that mullet back in the day. Um, it, in fact, the, the funny quirk was that after the soccer, se- soccer season was in the fall, so after the season ended my senior year, I cut it off. And I got a haircut similar to what I have now, just short. And my girlfriend at the time didn't even recognize me. Like, would walk by me in the hall, like, wouldn't even say hi. I'm like, honey, is everything all right? Literally, just didn't even know who I was. Kind of like a like a buzz cut, almost. Dude, I I I, I had some long hair, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then cut it all off senior year. Yep, yep. All right. What has been your favorite marching band theme? Um, you know, it, it, the, the marching band rocks every year, um, and they're a fun bunch uh, to watch perform. Uh, we, we talked earlier in the earlier segment about International Night uh, being such a wonderful thing. Well, the, the theme this year is that they're owning that uh, that international theme um, as a part of their show this year. So I, I got to go with this year um, because it ties into everything, right? I mean, we talked about Northview United. We talked about International Night. We talked about the, you know, the great diversity of our school. Uh, so to have our band kind of own that and run that, run with that, um, I think is super cool. So, you know, I hate to give the, the easy answer, but this year's theme is awesome. Yeah, I love that theme as well. What is your favorite book? You know, the, the, the book that I always go back to is called Trinity by Leon Uris. Um, and it tells the, the history of Ireland through a fictional story that traces some families um, through generations. Um, and, and I, I, I'm of Irish descent. Um, I've always been very proud of my family and my family culture and background and and that and that book just resonated with me over and over and I've probably read it four or five times um, and the story in it it's just heartbreaking it's, it's you know the the history of Ireland like much like a history the history of a lot of our countries um, there's just a lot of heartbreak and and difficulties there um, and and Leon Uris the the author just does a wonderful job of uh, sort of telling that that story. Um, in a very, very moving, passionate way um, that I just found so intriguing that I leaned into and have read and reread a, a bunch of times. 
Sounds like a pretty good read. It's a big one. It's a huge book, so it's a, it's a challenge to get through. More fun ones. Yes. Who is your celebrity crush? Um, you know, it, uh, I, I got a couple there. You know, that it's, you know, it, Natalie Portman always knocks me out. Um, I think she she's just a stunner, and her acting is fantastic. Um, but let me throw a curveball at you. Tom Brady is just like, if I'm gonna crush on somebody, it's Tom Brady. Like he is the man. You are a Patriots stan. I can see it. Yeah. Well, now I'm a Tampa fan because uh, I, I'm a Tom Brady fan. Um, he just has a, a he just he's he's doing everything right in life. Yeah. Whatever he's doing in life is working. Uh, so like you know. I'll, I'll, you know, the curveball I'm throwing at you is uh, between Natalie Portman and then Tom Brady. Th- th- there's two of them for I you. I think, is she off of Thor? Was she was in the Thor movie? Uh, yeah, I'd have to go through her, her history. I, I don't know. Okay. Was she okay. in Thor? I think so. She's I, just, I she, so. I think she was uh, Thor's girlfriend at one point. I'm not sure. When she was in V for Vendetta and she shaved her head, I, I thought she was just such a stunner uh, of I a person. I, I and her acting is incredible. Um, she's just great. As going more into Northview, which Northview clubs would you join if you were here? Wow. Northview clubs. Well, of course, we have like 97 of them at Northview. Yeah. There's so many to, to jump into. Um, I don't know. I hadn't thought about that one. You know, the... It's hard to think off the top of your head. Do you know what? most of them by heart? Oh, dear goodness, no. <laughs> You know, that's, that, that list of 97. Yeah. Uh, I, I've worked the, the most with the robotics club. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if I would join that one because it's yeah. such a commitment. Those yeah. kids pour their hearts and souls and time into that. Yeah. I don't know if I ever would have been able to afford to, to dive into that um, that much. Mm. Um, but at least I'll give a shout out to the robotics team. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, here's a very anticipated question. All right. What is your favorite BTS song? See, I feel like that's a loaded question. Yeah. Because, you know, it, if you're a fan, like, what, you're being asked to narrow it down to one. Yeah. <laughs> right? And that's, uh, hard. I, I doubt anyone, if you're a true fan out there, that you would narrow it down to one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to give you a very superficial answer that uh, I think Dynamite kind of represents. <laughs> um, uh, their kind of uh, attraction to everybody. Yeah. It's such a fun, like uplifting, kind of poppy, cool song yeah. that, you know, it, how could you not like it? <laughs> uh, and I think that's what makes uh, them so popular is that really any audience yeah. uh, should and could uh, enjoy their music, man. So it's. Uh, me personally, I haven't listened to them, but I know I might get a lot of hate for that. Well, I in know. this school, like I think you almost have to. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, mean, you know, one of the challenges I have as principal is to try to stay connected to teenagers, right? Yeah. Like I mentioned, how old I am. It's been thirty some odd years since I've been in high school, so I try to keep keep up with things like music and um, yeah. pop culture and like, things the kids are into. Um, and in our Northview community, if you're not a fan of them, then, well, yeah, like, like you just said, yeah, you and I would get made fun of um, if, yeah, if we don't. Follow the trends, you know. Right. But, um, okay. What is your favorite movie or TV show? Um, 
I'll go back to, uh, I'll, I'll just give you one answer here, which is um, uh, The Wire, which ran yeah. on HBO, um, which really told the, the story of the, the, the drug trade in the city of Baltimore. Um, and it did it over five seasons, and every season was took looked at that that central issue from a different lens. Yeah. Whether it was the police, the politicians, um, the drug dealers, the the schools, the politicians, uh, the newspapers, it looked at it from each different lens. So every season just had a really different take to it, um, and it was gritty and real and heartbreaking. Um, what I don't like in movies and TV shows are happy endings, sort of like that Hollywood ending, because yeah. um, to me that's just not the real world. Like I, what connects with me, I mean, it's maybe I shouldn't say it, but like, you know, movies that are sad, that are heartbreaking, that at the end, like you're an emotional wreck, yeah. that you walk <laughs> away from, you have, you've experienced an emotion um, besides just that happy, sappy. Um, um, Hollywood ending. So the, the Wire is always a series that just I just loved. Yeah. Um, and I, I think they just did such a great job with it. Very good question. All right. Is it soda or pop? Uh, it's soda. I don't. I don't even know who, anyone who calls it pop. If you're, I, if you're calling it pop, who are you? I don't even. Who, who are who are these people? I don't know where they're from. <laughs> <laughs> and if so, what's your favorite soda? Um, you know, it, I always go back to root beer. You know, the root beer is always a special treat. Growing up, that was a special treat. Um, it's just, it, it's not as common as yeah. you know, as your regular cokes and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so a good, a, a good A and W root beer is always a treat. Really good, really good. <laughs> um, what is your favorite thing about being a principal? You know, the, the funniest thing that, that I think uh, that I find uh, is one of my favorite is the intercom. I get to get on the intercom, and I have a captive audience of 2,000 people. And it just cracks me up every day when I get on the intercom that I'm at a point in my life, like I've got my master's degree, leadership degrees, I've done all these things, but my greatest thrill is that I get to pick up the intercom yeah. mic and talk to the entire school, uh, even if I'm just saying the pledge. It, it just always gives me a quick little thrill in like a very immature, funny way. Yeah. Uh, that 2,000 people are forced to listen to me every day. <laughs> <laughs> no, we enjoy it. I think we enjoy it. Just getting a little bit of your voice every day, just right. in case you don't hear it. But um, a very last question. All right. Fire away. Is it ever not a good day to be a Titan? Well, it, it's it, yes, because it's always a great day to be a Titan. <laughs> uh, yes, of course it is. You know, and it's it, it, I, I embrace that mantra. Just to remind myself and to everybody else that, like, we're here at Northview. We're here at school. Yeah. Like, it's okay, man. Like, we're, we're, we're going to have some fun along the way. Um, you know, we're going to do some serious work. But let's not take ourselves too seriously while we do it. Yeah. Uh, and let's embrace the day ahead of us and, and make the most of it. So, uh, you know, it's always a great day to be a Titan. It is. All right, so that's the end of it. Well, thank we, you so much. Uh, this is a ton of fun. Uh, we enjoyed you being here with us. Thank you so much. We no, appreciate I, it. I appreciate you guys, and thank you for everything that you guys do. I, I certainly love you all. all right. This has been Point of View.